Thank you, Lord. Well, it's good to be back in church after a long season of traveling, three weeks in America, came back for one Sunday, and of course, another week in Punjab. And let me tell you, church, God is doing wonderful things in Punjab. There is a great harvest of souls that is taking place in that state. And really, God is doing amazing things all over India. Now, you won't hear it on media. You will not hear it on NDTV, Republic TV. And that's why we think that maybe God's not doing anything. Because the TVs will always give the negative news. But the truth is, in the kingdom, amazing things are happening. Hundreds and thousands of people are believing in Jesus in this nation. And there are many officials who actually say that the real born-again number believers of India could be up to 10 to 15 percent. Even though on paper it's 3 percent. The real born-again believers could be up to 10, 15, 20 percent because there are tremendous things happening all across this nation where the Word of God is multiplying and hundreds and thousands of churches are being planted and believers are coming into the kingdom of God. Now, we are here in Nagaland and we are all occupied in our own problems, elections, corruption, growth, and so on. And that's why we are like frogs in a well, not knowing what's happening in the ocean. But we need to rise up to what God is doing in this nation and pray and believe that God has called us to be like seed in this nation. God has called us to be like leaven in this nation, to be the salt and the light in this nation as a small state of Nagaland. We may think that how can we impact this entire nation, but we can. God used David to kill Goliath. God used a slave nation to become the mightiest nation on the earth, the nation of Israel in those days. And God can surely use Nagaland, hallelujah, to impact the entire nation of India. So think big, believe big, hallelujah, pray big and give big. Because God has great things in store for us in the days to come. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word? Come on, close your eyes and just pray with me. Say, Father God, I'm believing that the Word of God will release great blessings upon my life today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Alright, turn to Psalms 107. Verse 17 to verse 20. Today's message is called, Your Deliverance is in the Word. And I believe this will be God's answer to many of you today, if not to every one of you. Fools, because of their transgression, because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Verse 20, He sent His word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. In the midst of affliction, trouble, death, distress, sickness, and destruction, how did God respond to the cries of the people? He sent His Word. Come on, say with me. He sent His Word. He sent His Word. And the Word delivered them. The Word healed them. Many of you are here today with problems in your life. Difficulties that you are believing God to take you out of. Bondages where you need deliverance. You are praying for healing, some of you. You are praying for change in your marriage. You are praying for a change in your circumstance. You are praying for deliverance from debt. Whatever you may be believing for, God sends His Word to your situation. God sends His Word to you. And if we will understand how the Kingdom of God operates, and we will learn to operate in those ways, we will experience his deliverance, His blessing, His healing in our lives. God sends His Word. How does He send His Word? Through the message right now. Through the Word. Through sermons, through books, through people sharing with you 
about the verses that are there in the scripture. God sends His word to you. See, many of us are expecting different things from God. Many of us are believing. And after believing, we are thinking that by doing some spiritual things, apart from the word, because I have discovered that so many believers don't give honor to the word of God. Don't give attention to the word of God. And when they are seeking deliverance, when they're seeking God, many people text me on Instagram, on Facebook, seeking God. They are just seeking prophecies. They're seeking some spiritual experiences. And sometimes even excessive prayer and fasting is people seeking for something apart from the word. But the Bible says God sends his word. So the answer is in the word. The miracle is in the Word. The healing is in the Word. The deliverance is in the Word. Not in some lucky charms. Not even putting up the cross in your house is going to deliver you. It's in the Word. Hallelujah. We are doing things without paying attention to the Word of God. Honoring the Word of God. See, God's answer is always in the Word. You know why? Because His power is in His Word. Turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the Word of Christ. The gospel of Christ is a message that has come in His Word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. It's the power of God for salvation. And the word salvation also means healing, deliverance, rescue, wholeness. It's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. What is the power of God? The power of God is the gospel. The power of God is the gospel. The power of God is resident in the word of God. Many seek for power without the word. Many seek for power, but they don't pay attention to the word. They don't respect the word. I was sharing with a friend of mine, a pastor in Delhi, and we were just so disheartened about how there's so many young people in this generation, when there's worship time, they want to worship God with all their heart, dance, but when it's time for the word, they go to the bathroom. When it's time for the preaching, they're on the phones. When it's time for the word, they're at the back gossiping with their friends. And when they gossip, hey, it's the word. They're like, oh, the word is not so important. I was worshiping God. Listen, God sends his word. You're asking for healing, right? You're asking for deliverance. You're asking for an answer, right? God sends his word. God sends his word. Because his power is in the word. And it will work for anyone. The Bible says, who believes? Who believes? We think the power is in this man of God. We think the power is in this church. We think the power is in this prayer house. Listen, the power is in the Word. And if you will receive His Word, the power of the Word will work for you, wherever you are. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Why is God's power in His Word? See, in John chapter 1, he says, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Or we can also say the Word is God. God and His Word are one. God and His Word are one. They are the same. So, when you honor the Word, you're honoring God. And when you're honoring the Word, the almighty power of God begins to work in our lives. Can you say amen? See, the Word of God is God Himself. It is Jesus Christ personified. See, there's so much power embedded in the Word of God that if you will learn and understand it, I tell you, you will be able to face every problem of life. You'll be able to face every attack of Satan in your life. Every battle of life will be easy. Because the weapon God gives us to fight in this dimension is His Word. And yet churches today would pay more attention to events, talent nights, 
social work, and charity, and so many other activities, but the Word of God. Not teaching, discipling, and believers not seeking the Word. We seek for experiences apart from the Word. We seek for power and anointing apart from the Word. But the Bible says God sends His Word and heals. God sends His Word and delivers. Hallelujah. See, the Word is the foundation of everything in the world today. Do you know that? Whatever you are seeing today with your naked eyes, the foundation is the Word. It was created by the spoken Word of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Okay, we're going to look at some scriptures today. Make sure you are looking into your Bibles. Okay, Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The word framed means put into place, put into order. The planets were put into place. The revolution of the earth around the sun was framed, put into place. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. The rema of God, the spoken word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible, but made of things which are invisible. Everything that exists in the world today was created by the word of God. And the foundation of it, the, the system that runs the world, is the word of God. Look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. I want you to see how powerful the word is. Then God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, the spoken word, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. It was the word that divided light and darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Alright? So that's how God created. I want you to look at verse 11. Then God said, everyone said, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. The trees, the herbs, the vegetables, how were they created? By the Word of God. Look at verse 22. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So God spoke and the animals were created, the fishes were created and he said, be fruitful. See, every abundance the world enjoys today, every harvest, all the fruit on your lemon trees or orange trees, do you know it's a result of the word. The word was spoken and that's why they are still multiplying today. Did you understand that? The power that is in the word that was spoken by God was given into creation and now creation is continually multiplying, replenishing, increasing because of the word of God. Man was created by the word of God. God said, let us create man in our image. See, all of this shows the power that's there in the Word of God. God's life is embedded in the Word. God's power is embedded in the Word of God. Look at John chapter 6, verse 63. I want you to see how powerful is the Word. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That's what Jesus said. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Word of God. Even though it is on a book, on paper, written with ink, the Bible or the Word of God is not this. Do you know that? The Word of God is really what came from the spirit realm which men wrote down. So the Word of God is really the counsel that is there in the Bible. You see, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, I think it's in verse 21, that holy men of God 
wrote the scriptures as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So even though Moses wrote, and even though David wrote Psalms, and even though Paul wrote epistles, it was not their words, it was not their thoughts. The Holy Spirit breathed into them, so the words that are seen here came from the Spirit. It came from God. Can you say Amen? It came from the heart of God. So the words I speak, Jesus says, are Spirit. That means the origin is not from this world. It is not a knowledge you get at Oxford or Harvard. It comes from the Spirit. It comes from heaven. So His words are Spirit. And not only are they Spirit, they are life. The word life is the Greek word zoe, which means eternal life. Eternal life means more than length of time. Eternal life means quality of time. Can you say quality? Quality of time. So, Understand this about the Word. The Word is Spirit. If I want to connect with God, God is a Spirit. God is not a human being. God doesn't exist in the flesh. God is Spirit. That's why we cannot see Him. But He is real. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. God is Spirit. How can I connect with God? The only way I can connect with God is through the Word. Because he, His words are Spirit. And they are life. Life means the power of the Spirit is in His Word. Don't look for a power of the Spirit apart from the Word of God. You will go into error and deception. And we see a lot of that happening in the churches of today. Where many churches are trying to find the power of the Holy Spirit without the Word of God. Without the counsel of the Word. Without the boundaries of the Word. And they're going into error. The words I speak to you are spirit. They come from God and they are life. They're full of power, pregnant with power. Life. The word life means quality of life. That means the word of God can take your life wherever you are right now. Any one of you. Don't be satisfied with your life thinking that's the best you have. God has better for you. And if you believe the word and apply the word in your life, it will take you higher. It will improve the quality of your life. Can you imagine, just imagine, if the life of God was released into your finances, how your finances would change. If the life of God came into your marriage, how your marriage would change. If the life of God was released in your body, how your body will change. The word. The Word will change the quality of your life if only you will believe. But the Word is meant to be obeyed, not kept under your pillow. Not kept as a decoration on your coffee table so that when the pastor comes, he sees 10 Bibles and he's very impressed that you are very spiritual. The Word is meant to be obeyed. Do you know the Word is the only power that turns sinners into believers? The Word is the only power that destroys guilt and shame and turns you into the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. The Word brings the wisdom of God. The Word brings the blessing of God. The Word brings deliverance from God. The Word brings strength from God. That's why any problem you face, sickness, crisis, fear, the first resort, the first response you should always give is from the Word of God. Your first resort should always be, go to the Word, what does the Bible say? Do you know that the Word of God is your armor to fight against Satan? The Word is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit that you fight against the enemy, evil spirits, is the Word of God. Jesus defeated Satan with the Word of God. He said, it is written in the Bible, it is written. Jesus did not fight Satan with his emotions. Jesus did not fight Satan with some spiritual things that he did with his hands or his feet. Jesus fought Satan by opening his mouth and said, It is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written. The Word is your weapon. The Word contains riches of wisdom and understanding. The Word will make you a rich man. If you will apply the wisdom in it, the Word will strengthen your heart in the midst of every discouragement. The Word will light your path. The Word will make you wiser than your teachers. It's all in the Word. But you have to take the Word. Receive the Word. Are you receiving God's Word? I know many people, young people. They want to serve God with their gifts, their talents. 
But when it comes in the word time, they're not paying attention. They don't take notes. Their heart shuts. They go down. That's why your deliverance is not coming. That's why your blessings are not showing. When I was six months as a pastor, pioneering this new church, so much opposition, so much attacks came upon me. I received a love letter from an old pastor. That love letter said, from today you're excommunicated from the church. So all of these attacks really was a burden on my heart. And I woke up one morning with panic attack and fear, which continued for many days and which resulted in me experiencing depression and just emotional uh, discouragement, darkness, insomnia for many days. But one thing I decided was, no matter what people did to me, no matter what circumstances of life I face, no matter what the enemy attacked me with, I will not be a victim. I will respond according to the Bible. So I took the Word of God and I acted in faith based on the Word and I responded to the situation with the Word of God. See, I took responsibility over what happened to me. Many Christians, many of you are living as a victim right now because you don't want to take responsibility over your life. You are blaming that person who abused you. You're blaming that person who cheated you. You're blaming the circumstances of life. You're blaming everyone and yet not taking responsibility over your life. Yes, they may have cheated you. Yes, they may have abused you. Yes, you may have faced injustice. Fine. It happens to everyone. But your response is your responsibility. And you have to take the word and whatever you are facing, respond according to the word. Don't give in to your soul. Your soul wants to be angry. Your soul wants to be unforgiving. Your soul wants to be depressed. Your soul wants to give in to the feelings and you want to be full of hatred. You want to be filled with offense and you want to keep on blaming the pastor. You want to keep on blaming people around you. That's your soul. Let me tell you this. God will not respond to your soul. Your soul has no power to change your life. And that's the problem with many Christians. They want to stay as a victim. So what did I do? I knew my answer was in the Word of God. Yes, I prayed and fasted for many days. I sought men of God. They prayed for me. It really, really helped me. But my main deliverance came from the Word. I went to the Word of God and I took all the scriptures about fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. And I tapped it out. I did some work. I wasn't spoon-fed. Again, another problem is many Christians just want to be spoon-fed. I took the verses, I typed it out and I put it in a file and I began to read them daily because I have to receive the word in my heart. What else did I do? I recorded my own voice speaking into a tape recorder, recording for about an hour all these different verses, especially 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. And I recorded myself speaking into the tape record and then I put the headphone and I listened to that for hours. I knew I could not respond from my soul because my soul was filled with anxieties and, and fears and Satan was filling my thoughts with all the negative thoughts, dark thoughts. I must respond from the Spirit. I must respond by faith. I must respond from the Word of God. And the Word kept me sane, preserved me. And it delivered me. Can you say amen? See, the word must be believed. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. The word of God must be believed. You have not yet received the word. God sent his word and healed them. But God sending is different from you receiving. Unless you receive, you're not believing. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For who comes to God must believe that He is. And He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is pleased by faith. God responds to faith, not feelings. Because the Bible says, We walk by faith and not by sight. We are saved by grace through faith. So faith must be our response all the time. Faith. Hallelujah. Because God responds to faith. Amen. How do I exercise my faith? Look at John chapter 4 verse 24. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
How many of you want to please God? Can I see your hands? It's by faith. 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 I used to think that if I just go to church, God will be pleased. So I go to church, but I'm daydreaming, looking at everyone, thinking all the wrong thoughts. But I felt that God was pleased because I went to church. The angel was taking attendance. That's what I thought. But going to church had no benefit for me at all because I wasn't going by faith. See, don't just sit on the chairs. Make sure you are receiving the word. Hallelujah. Amen. John 4, 24. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. One of the most important verses to understand in order to engage, have a relationship with God. God is spirit. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. How can I walk with God? How can I connect with God? It is in spirit and in truth. So how? God is not flesh, but many of us are trying to connect with God through the flesh. So we put a cross. We put stickers on a car. This brother-in-law of mine told me many years ago, God will look from heaven upon Nagaland and I'm sure he's very happy. And I asked him, why? Why do you think God is happy when he looks down from heaven upon Nagaland? Because he said this, on every mountain top there's a cross that's trying to connect with God through the flesh, through natural things. God is spirit. It's faith that pleases Him, not putting crosses everywhere. See, a lot of people put crosses everywhere, but they're not in faith. They're not functioning in the Spirit. And then some people go to Israel, they bring water from the river Jordan, and they'll come and sprinkle it on you. I bless you. I bless your children. I bless your house. It's not going to work. Because they're functioning from the natural, not from the Spirit. God is Spirit. So if you want to connect with Him, make sure you're functioning from the Spirit. How do you function from the Spirit? Well, what has God given to you from the Spirit that you can hold in your hands and understand Him? It's the Word. There is only one thing that has come from the Spirit realm which is written in words and pages that is here in your hand called the Bible that when you read it, you begin to understand the mind of God. For my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? We know that scripture. So many times theologians have taught that, see, you cannot know God, you cannot know His ways, you cannot know His thoughts, so just walk in trust. No, that's wrong. You can know the ways of God. You can know the thoughts of God. You can know the heart of God. Why? Because the Bible came from Him. The Holy Spirit breathed into men of God and the road. The Bible tells us what God thinks about marriage. Do you know what God thinks about marriage? It's here. What does God think about money? It's here. What does God think about character? It is here. God is spirit. And this is spirit food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? This is spirit food. This is spirit thought. This is spirit wisdom. It all came from God. So if I want to connect with God, I have to go through the word. God is spirit. Those who worship Him, it's not only singing to Him. Worship means every aspect of your life, a life that is given in consecration and obedience. You want to live for God, right? That's called worship. That's called worship. So a life of worship, complete, surrendered to God, it must be from the Word because the Word is Spirit. The Spirit is the Word. Hallelujah. And the Word is truth. The Word is truth. So I believe the Bible. I believe what it says about marriage. I believe what it says about giving. I act on it. And when I act on it, it connects me to God. It connects me to the spirit realm. And God sees that I receive His word. I believe His word. I act on His word. It's faith. And He is pleased. And then He rewards. See, many believers are trying to connect with God through the soul. And so you may be crying a lot. You may be doing a lot, but you're doing it from the soul. And you're not seeing the blessing of God on it. You're not seeing the breakthrough in your life yet. You're not seeing the transformation yet because understand this, God doesn't respond to the soul. God is spirit. But we're trying to connect with Him through the emotions. We try to come to church and, ah, oh, what do I feel? You're trying to feel. You can't feel God. You believe He's here. Two or three are gathered in my name. He said, I am there. God is spirit. Amen. 
Hallelujah. People are trying to connect with God through their emotions. Even for example, praying. Many of us pray for our children, but we pray out of fear. Yes or no? So fear motivates us to pray. Do you know that God does not respond to fear? Fear pleases God. What does the Bible say? But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Many are praying out of fear. Fear is not from the spirit. Fear is from the soul. Many pray out of worry. Many give out of guilt. Many people give money to the church out of guilt. God doesn't respond to guilt. In fact, husband and wives nag one another to become a better Christian out of anger, out of worry, out of fear. And guess what happens? The marriage doesn't change. Because God doesn't respond to the soul. Sometimes when husbands come and say, Pastor, please pray for my wife, they're speaking from the soul. The wives come and say, oh, my husband is like this. They're speaking from the soul. They're functioning from the soul. They're praying fast from the soul. They're not functioning in the spirit by faith. And we keep on doing those religious exercises again and again. And yet we see no change. Because God always responds to the spirit. And so we must make sure we are responses from the Spirit. How is it? The Word and faith. The Word and faith. The Word and faith. See, what does the Bible say about a marriage? How we can bring Christ into the marriage? Just practice the Word. No matter how much you fast, if you don't practice the Word, there's no change in your marriage. Practice the Word. What does the Word say? Wives, submit to your husbands. Do that. Husbands, love your wives. Just do it. Receive the word. God sends his word and he heals. So you have to receive the word and you have to practice the word. Then your marriage will be delivered. Just love your wives. Oh, but my wife is like this. Just love her. She's very irritating. I know. Everybody knows. But just love her. It's a choice. It's an act of faith. Just submit to Him. Just respect and honor Him. Don't nag so much that they lose their self-respect. Just submit. Just honor. As the king of the home. The head of the home. And not only with words, but from your heart, the attitude. See, if you will just do the word by faith, don't give in to your emotions of fear and anxiety and anger. Don't give in to that. Don't function from the soul. Function from the spirit by faith. Just look to the word. Practice the word. Don't let your emotions again drag you back into fear, worry, anxiety, and anger. Just stay on the word. Practice the word. Practice the word. Practice the word. What's going to happen? The life, the power in the word will transform. See, in the parable of the sower, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, the sower sows the seed. So the seed is the word of God. And the seed must fall into good ground. And when it falls into good ground, it will bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. So there is a progression to the transformation that comes from the word. There's a progression to healing. There's a progression to prosperity. There's a progression to marriage being blessed. It comes slowly as you Trust in the word. But many of us are expecting a spectacular overnight miracle. And that's where our expectancy is wrong. See, the kingdom of God operates this way. It's like seed that is sown into the ground. And we do not know how, we do not know when, but it has a life of its own and it will bear fruit. Surely, Jesus says, it will bear fruit. So stay on the word. Function from the spirit. Stay in faith. Just look to the word. Trust in the word. Don't give in to your fears, your worries, your anxieties. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? See, I have here in my hand some seed. Seed. Seed is very small. Did you know that? Seed is not big. Here. Seed. It's so small. 
that if you will not pay attention, you can ignore it. But do you know that this seed is filled with life? There are thousands of fruit in this seed. Can you see it? No, you can't. There are thousands of fruit in this seed. Thousands. The life and the power is in the seed. The word of God is seed. God sends his seed. God sends his seed. God sends his seed. How did he create the Garden of Eden? He created the first and he said, let it produce after its kind. Let every seed produce after its kind. So the word of God is the seed. He wants you to receive the seed, but you are wanting the harvest without the seed. You're thinking that if the pastor prays, suddenly the harvest is there and you don't pay attention to the seed. The seed is the word. The seed is the word. The seed is the word and the seed must be planted on soil. Good ground. The soil is your heart. Can you say amen? The seed must be planted. And when the seed is planted in the heart, it will produce. And out of your heart flows all the issues of your life. Everything in your life is flowing out of your heart. So the seed must be planted in the heart. The seed must be planted in the heart. A blessed marriage comes out of your heart. Your prosperity comes out of your heart. Your strength will come out of your heart when you take the seed of God's Word. Because the power of God is in His Word. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Look at 2 Kings chapter 5. See, the Word of God must be obeyed in order for it to work in our lives. 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Syrian general, leprosy, cannot be healed in Syria. He has tried all the witch doctors. He has tried all the temples. He has tried all the priests in Syria and there has been no healing. The servant girl in his house, an Israelite, tells him there is a prophet in Israel whom God answers prayers through. So he comes to Elisha. And he goes to Elisha's house, verse 10. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Elisha did not go himself, just sent a messenger saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. So that is the word of the Lord. Naaman went looking for healing. God sent his word through the prophet. It was a word. Word, simple word. It was seed. It was spoken. Amen. What was his response? But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and heal the prophecy. Naaman, like many Christians, expected a spectacular display of the supernatural. He wanted something that was pleasing to his eyes. Right? I thought he will wave his hand. He was looking for something that is impressive to the eyes. And so a lot of witchcraft people, they try to do the same. They dress up in clothes. Dang, 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 dang. It's all for seducing your soul and your eyes. And a lot of religion also does the same put on robes, put on all this air of formality to make look things impressive. See, no matter how beautiful your cathedrals are, it's not going to provoke heaven to deliver the land. No matter how beautiful our churches are, no matter how big our crosses are, it does not provoke heaven to intervene in Nagaland. What will attract heaven is faith. Faith. Faith that comes from the heart and cries out to God in a genuine faith that is crying out in the spirit. That's how God will respond. 
Because God responds only in the Spirit. When we operate from the Spirit. Hallelujah. So Naaman thought that Elisha would come. Like maybe the priests in Syria. Be very impressive. Ceremonial. Do something spectacular and he would get healed. Because that's a very human nature. We always are looking for something spectacular. Something impressive. And that is why we look at those beautiful cathedrals in Europe. We look at those beautiful ceremonies. The wedding of the queen, the king. Wow, so spiritual. Listen, don't be deceived by pomp and gaiety. Learn to function from the Spirit. Learn to discern in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So what did the general do? He despised the word. He dishonored the word. He got angry and he was going back to Syria. But then his servant said, you know, why don't we just obey the word? We have nothing to lose anyway. Right? So look at verse 13. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophets had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? Verse 14, so he went down. So he obeyed the word, humble word. He obeyed the word, dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. The flesh of a little child. Have you ever touched the flesh of a little child? Oh, I tell you, it feels nice. It was a miracle. He just dipped in the Jordan seven times. See, the power is in the Word. The power was in the Word. But the Word had to be received in his heart and the Word needed to be obeyed. Because as he obeyed the Word, the power that was in the Word was released into his body and his skin was transformed. There was no sound effect. There was no lights. There was no band behind to give a spectacular feel to it. It happened in the desert where it was sunny and dusty and dry. And yet when he obeyed the word, the word worked. Hallelujah. See, I've always prayed for prosperity in my life. Okay? Now don't go and say we preach prosperity gospel. We preach the gospel. And in the gospel, there is blessings for us even materially. Can you say amen? And I prayed for it because you know why? There are other promises that say you will be the head and not the tail, the above and not beneath. You will be a lender and not a borrower. How can I be a lender if I am not blessed? How can I be the head and not the tail? You see, borrowers are always the tail. So I'm always believing to have enough so that I can be a blessing to people, not only through the ministry, but also through my giving to them. So every time I would pray that, and I would seek the Lord in this matter, God always brings me back to the Word of God. God always brings me back to the Word and He says, practice the Word. Do what is in the Word. Receive the Word. Look at a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 11, 25 to 26. Proverbs 11, 25 to 26. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. The way of the world is, if you save enough, you'll be rich. But the way of the kingdom is, if you are generous, God will make you rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. Now, you can receive this word and act on it by faith, or you can reject it out of your fear. Right? There's nothing like giving sacrificially that makes your soul alive. Alive with fear and insecurity. Oh, if I give, what, what about myself? What about my future? What about my family? So it's your soul that traps you. Your spirit wants to exercise by faith, but your soul hinders you. That insecurity and that fear, that worry you feel in your heart. But you must ask yourself, is God a liar? Will he say something and not do it? The Bible says, every word that proceeds from God will surely accomplish 
that for which God sent His Word. So the Word of God will work if we will receive and believe it. Look at another scripture, Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. There's one who scatters, yet he increases more. There's one who withholds more than is right. That means he's greedy. There's nothing wrong in saving and withholding for yourself. But here, the wisdom from Solomon says, they are withholding more than is right. So there is a greed which comes from insecurity that makes them hoard out of fear. But hoarding out of fear is not going to make you rich according to the kingdom way. See, there is an economy in the world and there's an economy of the kingdom, heaven. The economy of the world says, if you will save and save and save and save enough, one day you can buy your car, one day you can buy your house. And yes, it does work, but it takes a long time. But there's an economy of the kingdom. And the economy of the kingdom is when you will give according to your faith in the word, faith, all right? Don't give out of greed. Don't give out of fear. Don't give out of guilt. Give as the Holy Spirit leads you by faith. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So as you give, and as you give, and as you give, there's a power in the Word of God that's released over your finances so that you are functioning above the recession system. You're functioning above the system of the world. That means the provision of God, the blessing of God will be faster for you. Many of you don't believe that. See, I experience abundance today. And I know it's out of my generosity. I've understood this. If I experience lack, I always check up on my giving. I know that the key to the abundance that I have and I'm able to bless people is because of my generosity. My generosity. And I endeavor to be generous. And it's not something that is natural. It's something that is intentional. Generous not only to the church, not only to people who are powerful and rich and more spiritual than me, generous even to waiters, generous even to people that I would never meet again. Tipping drivers, tipping waiters. Generosity. Do you know that your father is a generous father? Is he a stingy God? He's a generous father. Right? He sends more rain than we need. In a monsoon time. He's generous. Our Father is generous. And the Bible says, imitate Him. Be like Him. We are His children. But if we, again, we must function in the Spirit. We are the children of God. We are the church of God. We are the people of God. We are like God. That means we are God's body on the earth. We're Christ's body on the earth. Christ is generous, but the body is stingy. Christ is generous, but the Christian is greedy. So what's happening? There's no flow from the Spirit. There's no supply from the Spirit. There's no abundance from the Spirit that is being released over us so that we can manifest God on the world. We carry the image of God. We bear the heart of God as His church, as His children. So when we function like Him, He's a faith God, so I walk in faith. He's a loving God, I walk in love. He's a patient God, so I walk in patience. Amen. I'm imitating my Father. He's a generous God, so I am generous. Then you will see the glory of God over your life and it manifests in every area of your life and you will begin to see how when you look at the Word, it shows you what is God's ways, God is what's God's thoughts, God's will in every area because it reflects His heart. And as I take it in my heart and as I practice it in my life, the power of God begins to bring healing, deliverance, abundance in every area of my life. The question that I have for you today is, are you receiving the Word? Are you receiving the Word? When it concerns healing, receive the Word about healing first. When it concerns finances, receive the word about finances first. When it concerns marriage, receive the word 
of marriage. Practice that word that concerns your marriage. Without judging one another. Without blaming the other person. Without thinking that you're more spiritual than her, than him. And he needs, and, and, and she needs. No, you need. You need to bring the word first from your life into the marriage without judging that person. You need to bring that word. So without looking at that person, let this be a revelation to you. Without looking at that person and saying, he should do this and she should do this. Without saying that, without thinking that, you do what the Bible says. That's the word. You act on the word and you submit to your husband. But my husband drinks. Submit to him anyway. But my husband doesn't pray. Submit anyway. The Bible doesn't say submit only to a spiritual husband. Submit only when your husband is good. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say submit only when your husband loves you. And it doesn't say love your wife only when she is submissive. It says just do it. Don't look at that person. Just take the word, sow it into the marriage. Take the word, act and sow it into the marriage. Take that word and act on it. Act on it. Act on the word. Act on the word. Act on the word. And there is power in the word that will transform your marriage. It happens 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. There's a progression. Even in your finances, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. In your health, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. That means don't be discouraged. Keep on doing the word. Keep on receiving the word because your deliverance is in the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, your healing is in the word. Turn to your other neighbor and say, your deliverance is in the word of God. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now, church. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.